1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Well, we are pleased to meet with Madeline Miller again. Of course, she is a ministry woman, um, and she's a pastor's wife. She's mm-hmm. a speaker. Um, she knows sign language. And uh, she shares with us once a month just some insights that God is giving her. And today, Madeline, first of all, good morning to you. Well, good morning to you. So great to be with you and Tom this morning. Well, great to be with you. And you had some insights that you received while you were reading Romans. Tell us first of all about some revelations you got about God's love. Yes, you know, I, I just experienced, sometimes when you're reading the scripture, it just kind of jumps out at you. And this time I was reading um, in Romans, and I was reading Paul's introduction to the book when he said, and you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And then a big smile just spread across my face, and I said, that's me, that's <laughs> me. <laughs> and then I went on to personalize the next verse where it says, to all in Rome, but, but not just to the Romans, but to me and, and all the others who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So God, he was reinforcing known truths. I'm loved, I'm called, and his grace and peace is with me. Uh, but this is not only true for me, but to all who belong to Jesus Christ. You know, we, we intellectually know God loves us, but sometimes we doubt that love. It's not uncommon for us to withdraw our love from someone after finding out something negative or damaging about them. And, and we think that if people really knew what we were like on the inside, you know, they wouldn't love me either, right? Mm-hmm. But fortunately, God's ways are not like ours. He knows exactly what we're like on the inside, and He still loves us. He knows our thoughts. He knows what we're going to say even before we say it. And not only does he know our thoughts, but he knows the intentions of our hearts. Not always very pretty. And he knows all the unsightly things we want to sweep under the carpet, the things we do when no one else is around. Our messy thoughts are all visible to God. Nothing is hidden from him. And yet he loves us. He loves us. And what is written in Romans 8? 38 and 39. I know you're encouraging people to memorize scripture, but I think that's something that everyone should memorize. It goes, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor 
anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that unfailing love so often referenced in the Psalms, it's ours. This mm-hmm. Madeline Miller's joining us here just to talk about some of her insights that she got by taking a look and reading through Romans 1 6. And uh, Madeline, first of all, thanks again for being here with us on Mornings with Tom and Toby. It's always my pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well, Madeline, one of the things that we are called to is holiness, and there's a whole denomination based on holiness. And of course, God speaks about it in His Word. But what does this mean for us personally? What insight did you get about this? Well, you're right, holiness, and we're called to be his holy people. But I'm thinking more about the part that we are loved and then he has chosen us. He has chosen us to be his holy people. Mm. And that's what I was thinking about, the the choosing part. Um, We humans, like if we're choosing a team, we choose the ones we consider the best, right? Uh, They might be the best in their field, or maybe they're the ones who have the most knowledge, experience, or contacts. Uh, Or it may be as simple as we're playing a game and you choose the people you like the best first. I remember when I was in elementary school uh, and when I was one of the last to be chosen for a team game in the class, all the other kids were lined up in two lines on opposite sides of the classroom. And there was me and one other child still sitting in their seats waiting to be chosen. Uh, And in situations like that, you know, all kinds of negative feelings can well up inside of you as you're waiting to be selected. And for me, I reminded myself I had a family who loved me dearly, regardless of what others thought about me or what I assumed they thought. And we can glory in the fact that God chose us, independent of what anyone else thinks about us or what you may think about yourself, and that he doesn't choose based on our skills and talents. Those are things he gives us, nor does he choose because of our great abilities. He equips us for the work he has laid out for us. Um, instead, you know, God chooses things of the world, things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chooses things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Um, I, I don't know how you picture things in your mind, but if you can, let me imagine for a minute God looking over all the billions of people in the world and his eyes falling on you and saying, oh, I choose this one. Mm. And it's like, wow, wouldn't you feel special? I mean, that's outstanding that of all the people he could choose, you are among the chosen. And in First Peter 2, 2, 9 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And I like those words, special possession. And when we have something that is special to us, we cherish it. We nurture it, protect it, provide for its care and well-being. And God has done that for us and so much more. Madeline, you've been learning about some really interesting things that kind of caught your attention as you were reading through Romans. You talked about God's love for us, which is so beautiful, and the fact that he looked over the countryside and chose you and chose Mm. me and chose us. It just seems to be a picture of God's grace. Tell us a little bit more about this. Yes, and and you're right. In addition to His grace, you know, we have we do have that unmerited favor with God. But then, we were once God's enemies. We don't think about that. And mm-hmm. but now we have peace with God, and we've been reconciled to Him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Himself is our peace. 
the disciples learned that in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. You remember the story. There was a terrible storm had erupted, and Jesus was with them in the boat. He was asleep. And in their fear, they awakened him, and he said to the wind and the waves, Peace, be still. And all was calm. Immediately, the wind stopped blowing, and the sea became tranquil. And Jesus not only caused the peace, but he himself is the peace in our lives. Now, there's there's a, a man who wrote a story about a king who offered a reward to the artist who could paint a picture depicting perfect peace. I don't know who the author was, but in his story, the painting that won the contest had a great mountain, but its sides were bare and had sharp, craggy rocks. Out of the mountainside gushed a waterfall, and behind the waterfall was a tiny bush growing out of a crack in the rocks. And in the bush, a bird had built its nest. Hmm. And the author went on to say that peace is not the absence of noise or trouble or hardship, but calmness in your heart. And we can have peace when troubles come because we know we have Jesus in our life, and he will never leave us or forsake us. And that truth is captured in the lyrics of the song, Peace in the Midst of the Storm. Mm. It says, when the world that I've been living in crumbles at my feet, and when my life is all tattered and torn, yeah, I've been windswept, I've been battered, but I'll cling to his cross. He gives me peace in the midst of the storm. And Jesus assured the disciples of peace with the words in John fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So we have that peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, that's so needed. We need that peace. There's so much opposite of peace right now. There's so much anxiety and fear and anger and unrest in out in the outside and the world around us, but also in our own hearts. People are experiencing um, such a, a level of, of dis-ease uh, right now in our culture. And sometimes difficult things do happen to us. And we think that that means God is not with us and God doesn't love us. But you are reminding us that peace can be had even when that storm is raging in your life, when you have been abused and hurt and abandoned and rejected, that the presence of God can come to you in those moments and still give you peace. Well, absolutely. The God says in the world you will have tribulation, but be encouraged because he's overcome the world. And so as we, just like when Peter, as long as he kept his eyes focused on Jesus, then he wasn't looking at the other turmoil, the waves and wind around him. And that happens with us, too. You know, we will have difficulties in life. They're coming. Um, As we heard a speaker recently, either you've just gone through them, you're in them now, or they're coming in the future, but they will (laughs) be there. But we can know that as long as I focus on the Lord, everything, he doesn't always change everything. Sometimes he does. But as I focus on him, those things are lessened because I know that He loves me. He wants the best for me. He's going to use this trial to grow me in Christ, to conform me to the image of His Son. And He will never leave me or forsake me. And in fact, He probably is the one who has led me into this situation that I'm now in. So He's with me. So that's comforting, especially knowing that I am His cherished possession, and he's going to do what's best 
for me.